Episode 10, Lockup Podcast. What a momentous occasion. We've made it. 10 episodes. And I'm here with my co-host, Chris Hickson. And let me tell you, Imola didn't disappoint. What the hell, man? I don't know what you're talking about. It definitely disappointed for me. It did. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, get we into got, it, bro. We got freaking Carlos Sainz spins out because your uh, driver, Danny Rick, can't control himself on the track. And okay. then Leclerc, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I will say it is definitely unfortunate that Danny Rick kind of just straight up pit maneuvered Carlos Sainz on the opening turn. And then, yeah, we'll get to Leclerc at the end, but I that I don't think that that's not like him. I don't think that happens on any other any other race, any other day. It's just like, man, dude, he lost focus for half a second and caught some air on that last chicane. But we'll get into that later. But, dude, you're right. It, it, the, the, the race disappointed. It, it didn't disappoint because it was exciting, but it disappointed because we saw, you know, Drivers making brand new mistakes that they've just simply don't make on a regular basis. And it's just kind of dumb. No, I, I, I got to say, I do enjoy the race and, and I don't think it was, uh, it was Ricardo's fault at all for that accident. I think it was, you know, the conditions are wet, slippery, low visibility, especially everyone so bunched up. So, I mean, yeah. it happens, you know, racing incident seems fair. I mean, I would have, I was a little upset at the time and I was like, man, maybe you should get a small penalty, but like, you know, what, what are you going to do? Penalize a driver for a mistake? Like, I mean, I guess that's what happens in real life. You get a ticket, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, that was, that was a crazy start to the race. The, there was a lot of drama throughout lots of good battles. According to Rob Myers, it was not fun at all. It was boring. Shout out. He's grasping at straws to be happy right now, dude. Dude, he, he tweeted, uh, that the new rules are a failure because cars can't pass. I think what he meant to say is that Lewis Hamilton can't pass. Yeah, bro. He like, I mean, the 30 times dog, he, he did it like 30 laps, bro. He had DRS per Gasly had DRS. Get, I mean, it also speaks to Gasly as well because Albon in front of them didn't even have DRS at all. And neither of them could get into passing form. Yep. Yep. So it's kind of like it, it's weird the way this shit is kind of opening up and working because, yes, I think it's totally right. The science behind these cars, you can follow easier on here, but it for some reason, nobody can push to that extra that that just one more mode push to get past even without DRS. It's like I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. And this this kind of makes me want to re, re uh, hash the DRS talk that we had. Uh, it kind of seems like we saw this track had one DRS zone and the the passing of options, they definitely went down because you saw Valtteri couldn't yeah. get past George at the end and he was he was on him like four laps in a row. So there there are some points to be made about that. And it kind of makes you think, should they do something like Indy where they have the push to pass button? I mean, that's true. You, you wouldn't wouldn't that be still equivalent to the DRS zone, but you but like, actually, no, it wouldn't. You're right. It, because it, it turns into a button. You can activate that button at any point on track, correct? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not a, the biggest IndyCar fan. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think you could do something like that where, okay, you don't, it's still DRS, right? It doesn't activate until a certain time in the race. Uh, but 
it should be more controlled by the total amount that you get to use or something that that could be one way to handle it that actually i'm i never really thought about it in that just give like a set ceiling amount of this overtake button and once it's gone it's gone and it's up to you to mitigate it throughout the race just yeah. like i know that's basically the equivalent of ers and deploying your battery but you can reharvest that this one you're talking about just not reharvesting at all and yeah, just having exactly. a button itself exactly that would be interesting to explore i'm i'm not sure how would that work and it would translate but that actually would be pretty good but dude let's uh i guess let's just start from the very beginning with lights out i mean the ferraris not great starts off the rip oh dude no i mean max and checo and lando all had amazing starts like we saw max got got past whatever that was a mechanical issue yesterday yeah and today uh you know it didn't look like him yesterday at all with that launch and then you know today you saw what he's really like uh checo had a good start and lando had a nice little wheel-to-wheel fight with uh leclerc going into the first corner yeah he did that was actually very impressive to see out of lando to show some raw pace right at the beginning and make sure he gets his elbows out and sets himself up like i know leclerc ended up passing him which obviously we knew that was going to happen but if he Mm -hmm. could just buy enough time to stay in p3 for at least you know four five six laps to get some sort of pace going and then drop down and get past that was best case scenario for him for sure like i said super unfortunate for turn one for signs to go out literally first race back contract signed i like uh, other other than other than uh qualifying he had a great sprint race he fought all the way back to be starting second second row like that was best case scenario, but you know, unfortunately, one McLaren and one Ferrari had to go turn one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, one I want to say I definitely misspoke in some other episodes. I thought I read that they were changing the the rules for the sprint race where it doesn't affect the qualifying or whatever your starting grid spot. Yeah. It's normal sprint race rules. So yeah, I said some stupid stupid stuff about that. You know, just don't listen to me ever again. Just don't <laughs> <laughs> to be don't fair, know. dude, I didn't even know either because I I thought there were changes as well. I thought that was the big thing everybody was talking about, like just changes. But at, at least I I guess it was all just hearsay. Yeah, I thought I was reading that on the internet, but whatever. I guess you can't trust it. No, you're not um, crazy. You're not crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think today we saw Ferrari become Ferrari again. All that bad luck that uh. Charles yeah. had last year it seems like it's more on Carlos this year but then he had his own blip of bad luck at the end with the spin so I I don't know man and and the pit stop dude could we talk about the yeah, pit stop? they I don't know it's not like they're doing it's not like they're the worst in the world but man if if you're going to be a championship caliber team we got to stop cutting out these four second pit stops I mean they they were one of the best like from this the first couple races I thought they were like it was like them and Red Bull and McLaren, they've always had good pit stops this year. But like they were like the top three teams, and I thought Ferrari was number two or one. But then you see them when it matters, they just don't show up. They get to pull a Ferrari and have the slowest pit stop crew. I mean, it like, was it was like Mercedes last year when it mattered, the freaking pit crew dropped the ball literally every single time. What was it? It was three point seven seconds, and because of that, then checo was his tires were warm enough he was able to pass him and keep him behind easily and that could have been an easy overtake right there let's talk didn't. about that too let's expand like let, let's really talk about that dude new tires need like three laps to warm up yeah especially if you're a mercedes yeah. 
I mean, that's what they were talking about. Like, uh, can't they, even they get were, up to speed in the Mercedes car right now. Yeah, they, I mean, they were struggling in qualifying because they, they didn't have enough like time to get their their tires warmed up because someone would just spin out and cause a red flag. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It makes zero sense. I don't understand why these tires need, especially for Mercedes, they need three, four laps to get up to heat. And you even saw, you even saw when uh, later on in the race, when Leclerc pitted for his last set of softs, right out of the pit lane, when he let Lando pass, he was already swerving like he was heating his tires out of the pit lane, trying to get any type of heat in him. It was, yeah. it was kind of weird to see. I mean, you got to think it's definitely because the tires are bigger now. I mean, you have bigger oh, wheels, yeah. bigger, bigger tires, more surface area to heat, you know. So no, yeah, it makes you're, sense. You're, you're, it makes sense for sure, but it's a, uh, I, I guess it's just kind of frustrating because I'm like, it turns into the, I guess actually, you know what? It's not frustrating. It just turns into one more thing you have to worry about with your pit stops. You know, like when you come into pit or when you set your pit lap or when you're doing a push lap and coming out on the out lap, you you have to know like, okay, not only are we going to be pitting this lap, but the lap coming out of my out, out lap. I have to mitigate tire heat and maybe I have to push a little bit harder. Maybe I have to do this. Maybe it just goes into the pitch strategy even more. Now that's just yeah. another thing to worry about. And you got to think this was the year that they decided to reduce the temperature that the heating blankets yeah. would go to. Like, it seems like this was the worst it's year. Showing. To do that. It's showing. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. We had, uh, we had the spin in the, in the first part of the race. Uh, Danny Rick got, really lucky not getting stuck in the gravel that was yeah. pretty boss that was a boss move didn't really do much for the rest of the race but you know boss move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and then we had some really good fights during the race we had uh like valtteri uh george russell uh k mags they were they were all battling throughout um we had <laughs> we had a uh, Vettel and and Lewis battling in the back, like (laughs) (laughs) two four time and seven time champions just in the back, going like, "Hey man, really, really fancy seeing you here because we don't really belong back here." (laughs) Dude, not at all, man. And yeah, their cars are big stinkers. But uh, hey, Aston Martin looked very well improved this week. Double points finish for Crash and Martin. I got, I gotta admit, I, I was impressed this weekend. I was impressed. The rain helped them for sure, though. Rain, rain helped them out big time. Yeah, I mean, especially with my boy Lance Stroh, he's actually good in the rain. I put him in the top five current wet weather drivers. Uh, yeah, he had to show out, and he he did a little bit. He could have shown more. He could have shown a little bit more, but at the same time, I mean, he's. I think Stroll and Vettel are just trying to get anything they can out of that godforsaken car, dude. I I will not stop shitting on that car, bro. I think it is bad. You know what? Here's a good car that that deserves to be shit on. It's the Alpine. Yeah, dude. Get What's it up with together, them? man. They could they could literally be top of the midfield. You know, they could be fighting with with McLaren right now. They could be. They could be. But what I think Alonso's only finished one race this year. Yeah, engine covers freaking flying off. You got Ocon, you know, complaining about this, that, and the other. You got and pulling out into dude, into Lewis in the pits. What's up with forget, that? Dude? We're forgetting everything this weekend with Alpine. They're freaking like unsafe releases, DNFs. Like, hey, throw some scotch tape on that bit. Like, <laughs> like, I don't yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with their shit right now. Well, I think they tested out that in the preseason, you know, the weight reduction of just blowing off the side pod, and I don't think it worked out in preseason <laughs> <Just> testing. <blown. laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't work out today, so oh, that sucks. And no. you, you can't count on Ocon to be getting you the points. You really need you really want Alonzo, you know, in there. Yeah, and Alonzo what's sad about it is that Alonzo can compete and he wants to compete. Just the cars and is not letting him. It's I something mean, like it's just some it's a minor inconvenience somewhere. Something yeah, happens. I mean, look at how he did at the end of, you know, 2021. He's in a freaking Alpine that can't even race, and he was up there in the top three, and he was in front yeah, of Lewis he's, and the restart he's and stuff. defending Lewis for freaking 12 laps, making his card wide as hell, competing with the Mercedes and getting everything out of it. But for whatever reason, you know, you got you got the drivers. Just like it's it's a perfect comparison to Aston Martin because you got the drivers – you know, you just can't supply them a damn good car, like at all. So yeah. what, what are they supposed to do? I mean, they, they're doing what they can do. And it's, it looks like Lawrence Stroll was already kind of over his little F1 kick. Now he's like, okay, it's a little bit harder than I thought. Money can't buy you everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the clock's ticking on Aston Martin. I think today was a good step in the right direction. If they can keep converting these into double points and moving up the ladder of what we had, what we had P7 and P10 today with the double points with them. So it's like, it's if we can move that up to like a, a P6, P9 or a P like some, a little bit more close and on pace with each other for double points, they'll be set up for success. The thing is, is that time's ticking and it's got to be consistent. It can't be, you know, one weekend out of four, we get double points. And then the other ones, we got one dude DNF in every other week. We got one dude doesn't even know how to drive the car under braking or in the turns. You got one like it's I've refused to believe it's it's the drivers and that car just needs some work. And I don't even know where. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the common theme for a lot of these teams, though. Uh, Mercedes. Uh. Oh, dude. And they have the drivers, bro. They have the drivers. And I mean, George Russell is still putting it down. I think it's time to say it right. I mean, George George Russell might be the number one driver at Mercedes right now. Yeah, currently, yes. I mean, we'll we'll see how the season develops, but uh, it's looking like what, what you were telling me today. He hasn't finished outside the top five. Yeah, he is yet to finish outside the top five, and today with the P four finish, I mean, that just solidifies it even more. And he's number three in the constructors, and he's yeah. only he's only behind Max by two points, and he's ahead of Perez by one. That's so. what I'm saying. So it's like it, it's. Uh, don't get me wrong. You're right. We still have a lot of season left. We have a lot of racing to do, but just through four rounds and us being a podcast and only being able to judge what's in front of us as of right now, cons- considerably, I-, I-, I think George Russell has to hold that number one driver right now for finishing top five each time and just locking down as many points as possible, because I think that's the only thing keeping them in a constructor fight right now. A hundred percent. And I voted for him as my driver of the day. Rightfully so. Rightfully, Rightfully so. I mean, so. what he had like, he had like six or seven overtakes. And then at the end he was fighting off uh Valtteri who, you know, would love to get a, a nice pass on. He, dude, and he was hungry. He was Valtteri hungry. He was hungry at the end of the, the whole, race. The whole race. I saw him at the start too. Cause he was right behind George at the beginning of the race. And I was like, Oh yeah, he wants that. Yeah, no, he was breathing down his neck the whole time. But I mean, can we talk about that a little bit though? Mercedes can't, they're struggling to find pace and pass anyone. They can defend pretty well. I can see Mm -hmm. them defending pretty well, but they're struggling to pass anyone. I'm not sure what's happening there. I think the defense is just 
like you got to look at the skill of the drivers they have it's going to be yeah. hard to get past a good driver so that's all 100 percent on the drivers but yeah their car they can't overtake you're totally right i just don't i just don't understand when it comes into the clutch situation or maybe overtake i understand this weekend it was a little bit tough because what we saw one main overtaking zone and that was coming off the main straight of drs mm-hmm. like you saw alonzo make that masterful uh overtake in uh i believe it was turn turn 11 right before the main straight mm-hmm. uh, you i you saw him make that overtake and that's not usually somewhere like people overtake but and then you know valtteri pulled off a weird overtake somewhere yeah, no, Valtteri pulled off one as well. That I believe I, either in the same spot or maybe even a turn earlier where it was going into a chicane. Yeah. Which uh, uh that that was wild to see too. But besides that, I mean, we really only had one overtake its own. And you saw it today, man. Freaking took it, it, Lewis couldn't do it in 30 laps, Valtteri couldn't do it in 8 laps, like Pierre couldn't do it to Albon in 30 laps. Like and Albon didn't even have DRS. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was definitely, I could see where Rob was, what Rob was talking about saying that the overtaking is not happening, but also there was some good overtakes too. And maybe that's just the gap in performance on some of the cars, but uh, I don't know. There was some good strategy at play too. We got overtakes through pitting. So there were some good battles coming out the pits. That was yeah. exciting. Now that I think about it, man, do you think Valtteri actually could have had Russell, if he didn't have, if he wasn't plagued by just pit lane nightmares all the time, because you oh. saw they had a problem with his front left or his front right wheel again. Yeah, totally. He, I mean, that that cost him like eight seconds from that. So, I mean, yeah, that that could have been the decision between him getting fourth and fifth. You know. Yeah, it happened a little bit early in the race, but that came back to bite him in the ass a little bit because he definitely could have had that P four slot if it wasn't for that. Because what it the average pit time with. With the two-second pit pit stop and the average pit time, it was like 27 to 30 seconds you were losing mm-hmm. for that window. I think he lost almost 37 to 40 on that. And yeah. I was like, man, that that was just – it showed at the end of the race that that was a, a tad bit detrimental. And, dude, you know, whether it be Mercedes or Alfa Romeo, the pit lane nightmares follow him around team to team, car to car. I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, he's he's pretty got some pretty bad luck with pit stops apparently in the last at least the last two years. Uh, but yeah, no, there was um, what did I, I wanted to talk a little bit about? I guess the the driver standings and the and the constructor standings right now. It's getting pretty spicy with this with the way we finished. Yeah. Today. Yep. Yeah, that the red the Red Bull one two has brought them right back into the like literally right into within the mix. fifteen. Yeah, 15 points of Ferrari now. I mean, they had a great finish. The one, one, two. That's can't ask for a better finish. No, Red you can't. Bull. You can't. And and on your your main rival's home turf. Yeah, the only thing you can get better. The only thing you can take away to work on for Red Bull for this race is just closing the pace gap between Checo and Max. That's it. Uh, this and, is the best case scenario you could have had. And you got to consider the reliability. I'm not. Yeah. I'm still not 100% bought in. Whatever upgrade yeah. package. Whatever upgrade package they brought this weekend was clearly like it was. It was spot on, but we just—you're right—we just have to see it consistently over, you know, consecutive Grand Prix weekends because right now, what the insane stat out there, especially after today's race, every every race Max finishes, he finishes first. 
But the thing is, is that he has to finish it because right now it's very literally a DNF or you're winning the weekend. So it, it can't, it can't be that volatile. I understand right now we're four rounds, we're four rounds deep. We have Miami coming up next, which we're due for more upgrades, but it seems like more teams are also favoring a Spanish Grand Prix upgrade. So they're mm-hmm. going to push it back and even further. But at the same time, is we need to see something consistent at Miami with Red Bull for us to start forgetting the reliability issues. But until then, we'll see how it goes. But I, I can't blame Max. A one-two today for Red Bull and Checo and Max is uh, it's it's very good with all the reliability talk going around. A hundred percent. And yeah, I think Miami would be a good race for them to to show off that they are reliable because. Like it might be a little bit easier when you're in Europe because you have more parts available. So now going across the oceans to the U.S., you know, if if you can keep your car running this whole weekend, that would be impressive to me. Yeah, that was you're right. I mean that we it would tell a lot about Red Bull and Red Bull's powertrains, and you know they they were working closely with their colleagues in Japan and getting everything going, and they said they figured it out. And as of right now, like we said, it seems figured out. But we need to see it consecutively for sure. Yeah, they fooled me once, and I can't be fooled again. I said that last time, <laughs> and I'll say it again. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, Red Bull, they're on the uptrend. Ferrari, uh, man. It's, I think it was just a stagnant weekend, man. I think you it, just it chalk was. it up. I think you just chalk it up. You move on and just uh, just figure it out next weekend honestly yeah i mean dude just it seems like every time that i don't know if it's just these particular drivers but they always have the worst luck in in uh italy man like when when their main rival was mclaren mclaren pulls off a one-two over them like (laughs) yeah yeah that's oh man that that's the dagger they for some reason in front of the tofasi like something has to go wrong with ferrari whether it be you know like i said it maybe it wasn't all the way Danny Rick's fault, but it sure as hell wasn't Carlos's fault at all this morning. Yeah. So yeah. like it, 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 uh, it, it's definitely just straight up unfortunate for Carlos signs today. Nothing, nothing was his fault, but you know, that it could have stopped right there, but Leclerc, you know, just making kind of a mental lapse and mistake on the last chicane going into the main straight was just kind of, you know, all right, man, you know, it, y'all could stop now. Y'all could, y'all could, we just let us enjoy a race once. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think this is a time where like, you know, he's, uh, Leclerc's a younger driver. He's, he was, he was pushing hard to try to get to try to pass Perez and maybe set a fastest lap. Cause you know, he pitted for the softs. I think at that point in the race, especially with where you are in the driver's like the, the driver standings and even in the constructors, like there was no need to do that. You know, that was, extra there wasn't, risk. yeah, that was extra risk. You didn't need to take on. And I mean, personally, you know, as a fan, you know, you love to see that, that effort out of your driver, but like, you know, real, like if that was Lewis Hamilton, you think he's pushing like that? Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're right. You're definitely right on that. It, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense to, I understand you wanted to close the gap and try to fight for something. And, you know, if you're a racing driver and you don't go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. Like I get that totally get that. But I also believe that there's a time and place for that. And right there, you just need to secure points, man. We had a complete 
we, we already had a complete DNF and Red Bulls are going to finish one too. Just salvage what you can and coast and bring that car home. Like, yeah, that's all that's, you needed to do. I think that comes down to the championship mindset. And this is the first time like that Leclerc is really in this position, I feel like. And so, I mean, they had like, you know, when they were cheating, they, they were doing pretty well. But <laughs> right now, like Leclerc is the clear favorite. Like he's had a great start. So yeah. this is this is where you have to start developing those things. You know, you got to think about like you might not win the battle, but you want to win the war, you know? Yeah. And I do want to speak on like the topic of salvaging what, you know, what's presented in front of you with, you know, when Danny Rick went off at the start of the race, you know, it was very early. We've seen, you know, Checo in a racing point in a pink racing point, you know, almost DNF on turn one back in secure uh, two years ago. And you know, then out of nowhere, he starts from the back of the grid and climbs all the way back up to win the race. I understand Danny Rick got out on turn one, but come on, man. What, what were these pitch strategies throughout the race? It, it, it put him nowhere. We went, we went back to enters. We didn't change the front wing or, you know, we were the first ones to pit, pit for mediums and those rode out. But then quickly out of nowhere, we just decided to come in again, pit for hards you know, determine that they're not going to pit anymore for the race, but then get, we gain no traction through anything because we're pitting so many times. And then out of nowhere, we pit one more time before the race ends for one more set fresh of tires. Like it's going to move us from P18 or P17. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what's going on there. No, that was just terrible strategy. And, and I guess, yeah, to your point, what, why would you even pit at the start of the, I guess I wanted to see if there was any damage, you know, after which the fair play. Fair play, totally feel that, but man, I just couldn't understand it. That's a waste of a pit stop, in my opinion. If you're just like you, you, your tires are barely like, I mean, I guess going in the gravel is probably not good for them, but whatever, get over it. You know, yeah, it enters on though; they could displace it even faster. So it's like, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. Like I do, which mind you, uh, shout out to these new front wings because they can take some damage. Uh, Hell like, yeah, they can. <laughs> Dude, they, he had no day. They didn't even bother changing the front wing after that crash, and he started it. So I was like, man, that like shout out those. So that that and was cool to see. But go ahead. Valtteri even got a little. He got a little. Yeah. Uh, tap with his his wing, and and he that, stayed that was good out. To go. yep. Yeah. He he was good to go. So that that's actually cool to see because I'm not gonna lie to you, front someone barely touching someone last year and then obliterating their front wing and then come, <laughs> coming back in and having like a 40 second stop for no reason. It's like that, that shit got annoying, but today it was cool. The thing is, is that that could have been salvaged and nothing happened. He stayed at the back and no strategy worked to put him in a favorable spot. Yeah. And I mean, you also have to consider, I think, I think they were thinking they could get fresher tires and pit. They were in a, in a DRS train and it might give them some fresh air to catch up or something, but it just didn't work out. It was, it just wasn't very great. Yeah. strategy. Speaking of the DRS train, dude, they activated DRS pretty late. They did. Yeah. And you heard Martin Brundle bitching about it on the, <laughs> the whole time. And then on Twitter too, everyone's, oh, DRS, DRS. It's like, dude, okay, I get it. Yeah, it would be nice to DRS, but just watch the race. Man. Yeah, just and I'm glad. Don't get me wrong. Like last year, it would have been different. You would have had freaking every team principal under the sun trying to convince Michael Snake Michael. Massey. Like, my, Michael, Michael, you just have to activate the DRS. You have to. We need Michael. to get past the Alphataris, Michael. 
Michael, this is Christian here. We need the DRS now. Yeah, yeah, Michael, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, get on with it, man. You need the DRS. That's a Christian Horner response right there. There you go. There you go. Like, Dude, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Max's uh, radios this year. Yeah, yeah, big fan. I know we we're, we lost Kimmy, but Max is doing his best to keep his spirit alive. <laughs> I know we lost Kimmy. <laughs> he had legendary radio responses, dude. I loved his listening. Shut up and let me drive. Where's the drink? Give me the Where's drink. The drink? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you racing wheel and gloves. <laughs> oh, my dude. gosh. Dude, yeah. spe- speaking of on air and radio listeners, can we talk about Nico Rosberg just going in on Lewis on the broadcast like the whole race? Yeah, fun fact uh, him and Lewis definitely were rivals on the same team. <laughs> oh, 100. Dude, that 2016 year, I thought Mercedes was going to burn to the ground. Yeah, if you couldn't tell uh, by Nico's uh, <laughs> what he was saying on the broadcast, yeah, he definitely hates Lewis. Yeah, as we've seen before, you know, Lewis has tried to pass uh, Gasly on the main straight for the last 30 times now and just simply can't get it done. I'm like, oh, my God. You know what was honestly just disrespectful and unnecessary? What? When they showed the gap between Max and Lewis when Max was lapping him. (laughs) When it rains, it pours, and Nico let him know. Yeah, 70, <laughs> 77 seconds, by the way, if you haven't seen the photo. Oh, that hurts. Like, <laughs> cue the Titanic music with the black and white video of Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Hey, here, here's a fun fact. Lando Norris is P6 in the uh, driver standings. Two Dude. points behind Carlos. Literally two points behind the spicy jalapeno. Like, he he is literally back in this, in this Grand Prix-like championship. And, yes, I know – Lando getting first is a stretch, but dude, the battle for third and the battle for fifth is really where we're seeing right now. We got Checo behind George by literally one point after today, which George coming in P4 salvaged whatever they could, which good on George, but Checo is on the doorstep with one point behind him. And then, I mean, George is really battling for a second. He's two points behind Max. Ah, yeah, you're right. It's a battle which, for second. Dude, which is insane to say. Yeah, you're right. It's a battle for second, it, which is insane to say because that Mercedes, if I'm looking at it just from a team perspective and I see I see George, what, at 49 points out of their 77 and you got the seven-time champion in the same car, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I read that they were running different setups, but dude, come on. How's George really outclassing Lewis this much this season? See, I would believe those different setup claims, but this is four races in a row now. George yep. has finished top five. Yeah, and this is the second the second time at least that uh George is finishing top five and Lewis is down way, way low. I just uh, I mean he's not even in top six of just driver standings right now, let alone like I understand he's contributing to the constructors. Like all all of those points contribute to being in a third place. I told like I totally get that, but man, I, I just do, I, I don't know how you approach this. And I mean, we'll we'll talk about it briefly, but what do you think that scuffle was between Toto and Lewis during qualifying? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it was really a scuff. I think they're just complaining about the car, maybe. 
you know. Yeah, it's got to be something. You know, Lewis has a complaint. Toto knows that that's already the problem. He's just like, man, I know, dude. Let's just put our heads down and figure it out, anyways. Well, so like, as a piece of like shit. That. The the cause terrible. I think we designed a poor racecraft this this year, and we will not crush the competition. <laughs> I, I had a funny tweet where I was saying, Lewis, I already I already reported the Haas. What else do you want from me? it's like i mean what else do you want it it was like red bull all of last year protest 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 we need every inch we need every mile we need every like we we need to make this as favorable for us as possible and if that means stepping on toes that means stepping on toes and right now i think mercedes is in i mean they tried to get the white ferrari ban they tried to uh just you know question the development of red bull's car question the development of ferrari's car it seems like they're worried about every other team but their own right now so they they need to figure out what the hell's going on with them because right now if crashton martin can become not crashton martin that's that's a big win if mercedes can you know look competitive besides george keeping you there that's a big win but right now it's just not looking like it yeah, it really seems like McLaren and Aston Martin, they're they're trending in up like the right direction. And the only thing really keeping Mercedes relevant is their drivers. Yeah. And mainly George Russell. But uh yeah, on, on back to like our drivers though we're talking about, like, yeah, it's a battle for P two, but let's be honest, Max is definitely gonna run away and he's gonna be fighting for P one. Dude, if uh I mean it, like like we said, if the reliability holds up and stands the test of time you are absolutely correct and him and him and max will very i mean we have the same recipe to set the stage for the same amount of points in abu dhabi again Mm -hmm. or or it could be the same amount of points or like you said even further in that direction max can just take off they don't have to worry about reliability anymore and he can just drive so i don't you're right i mean he very easily like Charles and everyone at Ferrari does not need, this is not the time to get complacent about anything. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think uh, like, I think Charles and Max are totally in a league of their own. Like both of them have a grand slam this season. Yep. Yeah. Both of them. They're the only two to do it right now. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I don't see anyone else doing that, but uh, yeah, like they're totally in a league of their own. I think Max is the better driver. I have to admit after this weekend, and yeah, no, okay. Oh, one weekend you're already jumping ship. Not really. I still like Leclerc, but I think Max has that uh, championship mindset because he's yeah. a champion. Especially and, uh, now that's down that that is the expectation. And you saw from uh, race one to race two, like how he developed the patience and stuff. And like you know, I yeah. don't think you would have seen that a year ago out of him. Yeah, no, you're right. He he is every year that he continues to participate in Formula One, he's giving a little bit more wisdom of knowing when to push, when to coast, when to take it easy, when to do this, when when during the championship and understanding that, hey, like like today, we have we have a lot of racing throughout the year left. Just like we saw with Charles. He didn't need to push on that on that lap. He didn't need to push that chicane. Max, I think now understands the separation of right there. That's when, okay, points for the team and points for myself where I'm at right now will be way better than if I try to stick it out and, you know, make this happen right now. It's the time in the race to sit with what we got and bring it home. And that's what Charles should have done. But, you know, 
little, little bit of a mental error, but they'll, they'll correct those mistakes. They have the racecraft to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying this, like Charles isn't going to be fighting him this whole year. Like they had a bad weekend. I think they're going to bounce back. Obviously they just want, I hope that they learned the lesson this week. Even Carlos had this in, in qualifying, like you got to know when to push and when to take it easy. Like there's no need to risk it all the time. Yeah, you're right. You just have to mitigate your, uh, your risk is the, is this risk worth the reward is that sometimes it is, but sometimes it's, Hey, let's just bring it home. I, I mean, this, look at the new England Patriots. If you like American football, like they know when, when they need to put on the pressure and they knew when to just take it easy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's a perfect example, honestly, really, but a championship uh, mindset like Belichick in the winter, dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> But no, nah, I mean, to round off this weekend, dude, we got a one-two for Red Bull, which apparently hasn't happened in a hot minute. So that's awesome, uh, which is a great equalizer to the first race of the year with Ferrari getting a one-two. So it's only right for Red Bull to get a one-two as well. Yeah, and they both had one-twos where it, it was almost like Ferrari both had DNFs today. But, yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, not necessarily because, you know, what, yeah, Leclerc salvages mistakes. Yeah, yeah, but P six versus he could have been P three. You know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big tough. mistake. A little tough. I do could have been you. worse. Could have been worse. But yeah, I don't think we talked about enough this episode. Lando Norris on the podium first Dude, time this what year. What a weekend! What a weekend! He's he's had a great weekend in that McLaren car. Like I said, man. Dude, if McLaren keep trending that graph up, oh my goodness. Yeah, they're definitely the best improved right now, and it looks like they might be best of the rest even. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, if uh, – if who did, who did we give driver of the day to? I voted for George Russell. Yeah. Okay. But Lando, Lando's up there. I mean, Checo's – like, Checo, Lando, Checo's Max, up there too, yeah. Max I, had a flawless race and flawless for, weekend. For the weekend, yeah, he did have a flawless weekend. For the weekend – just for improvements and where I want to see them, I would love to give like driver of the weekend to Lando, but driver of the day, I you're right, it is de- deserving to George. He, dude, he's he's getting everything he can out of that thing, and to consistently be top five with that, it, I you just got to give it to him, especially today. But I mean, no, shout out to Lando completely because, dude. Get for two years in a row. I mean, one, you just must love Imola in the wet because this is now two years in a row with identical weather situations and track that he's got it on P3. So, shout out to him! Yeah, definitely. I, man, it sounds like he's crawling his way up in the top five best wet weather drivers. Maybe I, I need to adjust my list. Maybe you need to kick out the weather magician. <laughs> no, no, he's just on. <laughs> I think, I think maybe he could, he could, uh, we could take Alonzo out and put him in there, but we didn't even get to see Alonzo today because yeah, DNF. freaking whole engine cover flew off, man. Yeah, so I think my my awards for everyone: driver of the day, George Russell; driver of the weekend, obviously Max Verstappen. Uh, yeah, you can't argue a flawless weekend. Team, uh, team of the weekend: Aston Martin. Double, double points, points, baby. Yeah. Uh, I think best of the rest still has to go to Mercedes just because of George Russell, but McLaren's like fighting, fighting there also with them. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And then I don't know. We just need the Checo word to Checo because he's freaking awesome. Yeah. No, I feel that. But I think that might do it, guys. I think that was the, I think that was the Amola Grand Prix. And I think 
It was an exciting weekend. I mean, we round out. Let's let's finish the uh, constructor top five right now. We we end this weekend with Ferrari sitting at one twelve, Red Bull sitting at ninety nine, which is insane to be within fifteen points of Ferrari right now. This one to insanely help them. Mercedes at seventy seven, McLaren at thirty nine, and lo and behold, man, we got to talk about this at the end of the episode a little bit. Alfa Romeo. At P5. Yeah, Alfa Romeo there. I mean, I think I've been noticing, and people have been saying it, uh, Alfa Romeo has better race pace than the Haas. It seems like Haas can fly for like a couple laps, but Alfa Romeo, better race pace, better drivers, I think. Yeah, the, the Valtteri being at the helm of that team is paying dividends right now. Yeah, I'm honestly, I hate to say it, but I'm not impressed with Mick Schumacher this year. Yeah, yeah. I I do hate to say it as well, but you I, I mean you said it to me earlier, man. When do you st- when's the year and when do you start questioning and when do you start tightening the leash on? Okay, man, you've had all of last year. I understand all of last year was your first year in Formula One figuring out an F1 car, and then all of this year is figuring out a brand new era of car. I get that. And that's why my answer was I think at at after next year, which I believe he signed through next year. After next year, I think you start reassessing because if he does not have a good year next year and he is not putting up numbers like Magnuson is this year because there's no reason K-Mag can be up there and Schumacher can't also be kind of at his heels. I'm not saying he's got to be better, but he's got to be somewhere closer in the gap. Yeah, you're right. Finishing in points. Yeah, you're right. He needs a freaking points finish, man. Has he like, has he finished in points? I don't think he has. No, I, he set he has set himself up to finish in points, but something always happens. He, he did had, get spun today. Yeah, he did get spun today, which you know, unfortunate. I feel that, but you know, we still we could have saw it this weekend. But what about the other three weekends? Yeah, I mean, but even after he got spun, he was doing a Danny Rick where he was just staying at the back yeah, of the back. Yeah, it's just like, that's why I, was, I had the same complaint about Danny Rick. It's like, that happened super, that literally happened turn one. We can salvage the race, so it's a long, wet race, and we pitted super early, which that could have played an advantage, but for whatever reason, no ground was covered at all. So it, it's like, you're right, man. We, we need to start seeing something out of Shuey, for sure. Yeah, and he's in a Haas, so even though he was at the back, he should easily be able to pass a lot of the other teams. Yeah, yeah. they got the Ferrari engine, man. Yeah, no, you're right. But that'll round out our top five. I mean, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren, Alfa Romeo. And to be honest with you, that seems about right right now. But yeah, man, I mean, great race. Any closing thoughts, Chris? Yeah, this was a crazy weekend. Um, I think we got to talk a little bit about the sprint race format coming up later this week. We're going to have uh, uh, a, a new guest on. We're going to have uh, some technical discussions and then, uh, yeah, we'll just see how that goes. I've, I've got some opinions on it. I think, uh, I think it'd be interesting to talk about because it seems like there's a lot of hate towards the sprint races. Oh yeah. It's going to be engineer hour on our next episode. Please be on the lookout for that because we're going to have our second guest ever appearance. Uh, it's going to be a great guest. We're going to really get into the nitty gritty of what makes these cars perform. And if also you haven't yet, go ahead and check out our previous videos uh, at youtube.com forward slash uh, the lockup podcast and check us out on Twitter at TLUP F1, all caps, no spaces. 
check us out on Instagram at tlub.f1, all lowercase. And yeah, you know, thank you for, thanks everybody that's checking it out so far and helping us build our community. And uh, yeah, man, we're, we're loving what we're doing right now and shout out to everyone. Yeah, for sure. Drop a like, leave a comment, tweet at us. We'll tweet back, you know, yeah. do all that stuff. Uh, challenge Chris to a roasting battle. He, I swear to God, I'll put my money on him compared to every single one of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys, but much love out there. And this was a monumentous episode 10. But yep. also, Chris, Christian Horner, so a bitch. Later, guys. Later, guys. Peace. <laughs>